0: You're listening to Eric Rogel Talks with Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes, where you'll hear real stories of the journey to modern manhood, told by the men who lived them. Raw, real, and 100% unapologetic. And now, here is your host, Eric Rogel.
1: Hey, this is Eric Rogel, and thanks for joining us on Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes. This is where each week you'll hear real stories of the journey to modern manhood told by the men who live them. And this is also where you'll hear members of the Roundtable. This is a group of men who are committed to their growth and to the growth of others. And I bring them in to discuss a previous episode and talk about the insights they had and what they're going to take away from hearing our guest story. So this week, I got the guys together to talk about my interview with MJ Gottlieb. That interview was my last one. It was for episode 19 and was titled, Screw Failure, Turn It Into the Key to Your Success. And it's a really enlightening interview. It's uh, centered around MJ's personal business failures and how he's used them to create a successful business. So if you haven't heard it yet, go give it a listen. Now, most of the men on the roundtable are business owners and entrepreneurs. So I wanted to get their take on how their own failures have helped them in their lives. Now understand these men are used to and are very willing to take a long, hard look at their mistakes. But MJ also brought up some points on building thick skin, like handling rejection like a champ, and not letting the opinions and comments of others take you down. And he also talked about the ruthlessly elegant benefits of being direct and saying no when you mean no. And I I wanted to get their take on that as well. So The men joining me for today's roundtable are John Archer, and he used to work in uh, corporate, but he's now an entrepreneur. He's got several businesses, and uh, he's also a key member of the WLKH podcast team. We also have Alex Borges, a former combat Marine who now teaches warrior workshops. We have Mark Haney, who was in corporate sales. He was a top corporate sales trainer, and now he's a life mastery coach. We also have Tom Byrne, an entrepreneur, former CEO, and a business advisor. Um, and we have Barry Weinberg, a chiropractor and a self-discovery life mastery coach himself. We're going to open our roundtable discussion today with Mark talking about how failure is not the opposite of success.
2: You know, it's it was a very interesting interview because I coach a lot of entrepreneurs and things like this. And the thing that is that we constantly go over is that failure is part of success. I was talking with one guy one day and I said, you know, failure is not the opposite of success. It's actually part of success. And the way you embrace it, you know, whether it's whether it's fear or pain or whatever, stop looking at those as negatives and look at those as part of the process that it's going to steer you in the right direction. And I really liked what he was saying about, Courage, you know, because courage is necessary, and to overcome this stuff. I mean, you have got to have, I mean, giant balls if you want to go start your own business. And courage and commitment too,
1: Mark. But it's commitment too, right? It's
2: not only doing and sticking. What keeps you going all over the place? Money is not going to do it. Money is not an ideal. That's what I was saying today. Money is not an ideal. It's an outcome. It's a result, but it's like, what are the ideals that you want to feel? And then what is your commitment to achieving that? And the courage to go do it. I walked away from my corporate job in 2010 and I was making fantastic money. And I had all of the things that I had come up hearing were what will fulfill you. And yet I had all of this and I was left Unfulfilled, and it 's like so walking away from that, going into entrepreneurship, it would have been great to have heard this that first year, and going through the processes, doing several businesses and trying different things that did not succeed. it wasn 't at no point that I say well i 'm just going to go back, sure, I would have those down moments, the grass is always greener i 'm just going to go back to you know, working for whoever and just getting the money. But that's short-lived because as soon as I see a guy in an elevator wearing his, his suit and he can't put his phone away, it's like, oh, I remember those days. But the beautiful thing about the failure is I just found out that I wasn't as committed to those as what I needed to be to make it successful. If I was,
1: it would be successful. So, Mark, you get the experience of the failure and the experience of what, you know, certain outcomes, exactly. off, depending on what you do. And that's the valuable part of it.
2: Yeah. I read an article yeah. today that was called uh, 15 Craziest Ideas That Made Millions. I always thought like, well, that was a bad idea. No, it's commitment. Because they were talking about the pet rock. A guy was able to sell rocks as a pet. You could go outside and pick one up. But no, people bought it.
0: You guys don't know like, that was Tom Byrne, by
1: the way. You don't know that, right? That was Tom's big Yeah, it's was all me. That was all Tom. <laughs> well, I, I want that original pet rock, Tom.
2: <laughs> you guys are old enough, or most of you are anyway, to remember when they started selling bottled water. <laughs> water comes from the tap. Nobody's going to pay for this. But it's like when you're committed, it, it's not the idea. It's what's your commitment to making it happen. That's what causes the big changes. And those are the big success
0: stories in the world. I think I had a, a, a couple really good points. Um, one is, you know, when you talk about failure, um, you really can't have any regrets if you give it your all. I mean, if you leave it all on the field and you fail, you really just can't have regrets. You have to look at it from a learning perspective. I think the other thing that was, that was really cool about NJ, and and you see this and how he's read, how he's looking at other entrepreneurs for guidance and how he does the same for young entrepreneurs is again this kind of notion of don't ask about the successes, mm-hmm. ask about the failures, but also ask about the pivots. And and you know that really strikes me as an entrepreneur is rarely do you start a business or really anything in life where the trajectory is a straight line. If, exactly yeah, as you plan. Exactly. For those who have been successful, you pivoted the business, you know, something doesn't work out. But if they, uh, that ability to stop, restructure, change course, that's the mark of success. And, and, and that, again, uh, going back to, to MJ, is this, this relentless pursuit of looking at how others have succeeded and failed and how they pivoted and then bringing it back into his life and his career. It's, it's, I thought it was really awesome.
1: I agree, and it's 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 that ability to not be too attached to the outcome, right? Because if you're just passionate about something, and that was one of his main points, was what do you love to do? What's your passion? What's your purpose? Because if you're focused on that, then the line doesn't have to be straight, right? It can go all over as long as you're getting to that ultimate goal.
2: Yeah, it's that's where the pivot comes, though the commitment. If I don't have the commitment, or if I don't feel the outcome, not necessarily what it's going to look like exactly, but the solution, right? Taking form. If I don't have the commitment to the idea to begin with, I won't pivot. As soon as something goes wrong, because he was talking about plan A and plan B. As mm-hmm. soon as plan A doesn't happen, I'm not going to pivot. I'm going to be on to the next plan. So I love this point about, you know, he says, don't have a plan B. Stay on plan A. It's, it, it, it's all about that commitment.
1: Sure. And but allow yourself to be flexible enough to be able to pivot a little bit and change course as you need to, but still get yourself to that same goal.
2: Oh, 100%. You've got to be able to pivot because you're going to learn. That's what the failures are going to show you. I want to go this way, but that's not working, but I'm not going to quit. I'm going to pivot and I'm going to go this way. I'm going to veer off this way and take it this direction. But the the outcome, the major overall objective, like with him was with helping um, those with addiction, who knows what it's going to look like, but he's going to help
1: those with addiction. Right. Yeah, exactly. John, what were you going to say? You're going to jump in, right?
3: Yeah, two things that jumped out for me, especially with some of the stuff I'm doing in sales. And one of them was this whole notion of the, have you got your quota for rejections? Uh, I thought that was just awesome it's like uh, (laughs) and the the same person who won the rejections also won the highest sales okay I get it and then also the part where he just talked about being honest in business like look I have this thing I'm I'm talking to you about something I want to do business with you you know are you in or you out make a decision let's go and all oh, that time you were
1: saying get to know as fast as possible
3: exactly and then just like get to the point just be real let's get to the point how much more efficient could we be in business if we cut out all that little game that you play with somebody and just like look I, here's what i got i'm gonna answer your questions i can help you out with anything you need but okay you interrupt done and i can feel where i actually hit that point with some of the sales that i'm doing with people i would i would kind of fall into that trap of Oh, well, they'll call me back next month, or I'll better follow up with them. And you know, there's only so much of that you need to do. And I actually now when I talk to people, I I almost say that. I, are you are you in or are you out? And it yeah, makes it so much more point real. Point. I'm respecting that person's time. They can respect me. I'm not going to take it personally. Okay, great. Let's move on to the to the people I can focus on more.
1: Yeah. And I think I said this during the interview when I was talking to them, and it was about how I felt for me. Oh, I'm just being nice to them. I'm, 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 I'm saving their feelings by not just saying, no, dude, I don't really, I can't use this or I'm not going to do business with you or I can't do that favor for you. You know, I'm, I'm feeling I'm being the nice guy, but it, you're really not because you're just dragging this fucking thing out much longer and keeping them on the line. And when you can get to that no or get to that, hey, just not going to work for me. It's actually, you're being that much more Genuine and authentic with the person you 're actually doing them a favor
3: yeah, and I, I can't reach my quota for rejections if I don't get the answer real quick, right
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly
3: like, I got to get this quota for rejections, yes or no let's go
1: yeah
2: oh yeah, or a lot of times I may string somebody along just because when you do like a hard sell on somebody, when somebody's doing a hard sell, when somebody's doing that on me, I get uncomfortable, and instead of being clear and direct about just saying no. Then where I end up going to is just trying to push, push them off. And then when they call back, just not respond. And it's like, just not having, I love what John was saying about just, man, just say no. And as the, as the guy doing the selling, that's really what I want to hear is do you want to move forward or not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can almost feel it around buying drinks for a girl at the bar, right? I'm going to keep sit here and spend money and keep buying and keep buying and keep buying. But if you say no at the end of the night, rather than saying no at the beginning of the night, saves me a lot of time and energy and I can move on to the next. (laughs) (laughs) Just to make an analogy. Just Uh, a great analogy. Great analogy. analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Barry, what do you got? I
4: found this interview so refreshing to hear a guy who is such a success talk about how it's just failure gets you there, you know. And making those mistakes and, and fucking up and, and stepping up and learning from the mistakes. And it really got me reflecting on my life and how it applied. And you know I've been in business 25 years in my chiropractic practice, a place for healing. And you know being in business 25 years, you got to do new things and keep it fresh or you, know, you could get burnout. So you know, I'm constantly trying new things. And I have been. And some of them work and some of them don't. And you learn from the ones that don't and you move you put your energy into the ones that do but if you don't try it you never know and i liked what tom said if you give it your best you can't dwell on the failures because if you're giving your best you can't do better than that
3: <laughs> you, know? yeah. you
4: do better than that next time but at the moment if that's your best that's your best i was also reflecting on guitar playing it's, i've been working for the last like three weeks on the comfortably numb final solo which has eluded me for years do these riffs and you fuck it up and you fuck it up and you fuck it up and you, you just keep going at it until whoa i just did it you know and that's life you just keep going at it and try different things try different methods and in the process of failing you get stronger
1: you build muscle you learn
4: you yeah get
1: wisdom nope. and you know that that's what it's all about for me we we talk about some of that it brings up like in marketing we talk about split test or ab test where you put up two variations of something, one's going to win, one's going to lose. And then you know the answer. The answer is, well, this one works, right? There's no yeah. attachment to either one. It's just this one works. I'm going to try them. I know one of them is going to fail and one of them is going to win. And if you look at it from that perspective and everything that you do, you're always learning and moving forward, learning and moving forward. And that's what I think the failure is in this, in this instance. Absolutely. If you stay where
4: you are, you are just living from your known,
0: mm-hmm. and
4: you set a goal, you set a vision for something bigger than you. What's the gap between where you are and being there? It's that unknown, and if you don't know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. So you got to step into that. You'll feel fear, you feel discouragement, you feel frustration, but you keep plowing through that. Keep holding your attention on that ideal, and and all of a sudden, that unknown is your known. You know, yeah. that's the only way to get yeah.
5: there. You
0: know, just, just to point out the, the benefit that I can tell you that it, specifically Barry's getting out of the podcast is he got two promos in his response, one for A Place for Healing and one for his band. So, yeah, kudos there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's good stuff. Bold.
3: Bold. <laughs> but, you, but, you know, there was,
2: a, there was a really good point there that you were making because, about getting into the unknown because it's like, and there was a quote, but basically if, I'm gonna, if I am do the same thing every day, I can't expect different results. So many times before I wanna take a step forward, I wanna have all the answers. I wanna know that it's gonna work and I wanna have as much information as I can and that becomes paralyzing and it makes me stay still. Until somebody tells me it's a good idea or I know everything I need to know about how to market it and and I don't move. Look at the podcast. What did any of us know about doing a podcast? Just get out there. You'll figure it out as you go and you'll learn what you need to learn and what you don't, then you get the help from somebody to do it. But the key is to, like we said earlier, have the courage to oh. take that step into the unknown and then start. Finding solutions
1: as you need them. Yeah, it's the fear of failure is what keeps you in place, right? Being afraid oh, yeah. of failing just keeps you from doing anything. So you're stuck in stasis if you don't take those risks. And well, you look them.
2: back, yeah, yeah. You look back on your life. I can look back, and and maybe it's not in business. <laughs> so it's funny how when we attach money to it, that fear becomes paralyzing. Because I didn't know how to ride a bike. I didn't know how to ask a girl out on a date. I didn't know how to drive a car when I first got my car. Man, that thing took a it took a lot of fender benders. You feel <laughs> confident, you try new stuff, and whoops, didn't see that coming. You know, yeah,
3: and we'll see that again.
2: Like, we do it over and over again in other areas of our life, but then we want to compartmentalize everything when it comes to business. I cannot fail. I have to have these ideas, and I can speak personally. For me, is that that becomes those failures become of like an outer referral of I don't want people to see me as a failure. So I can only let them see me doing something when it's a success. I don't want people to see my failure. And that's just silly.
1: Well, that's a part of what we talked about with MJ, when I said to him, you know, he was saying, and I think specifically with uh, Damon John, where he just likes to talk about his success, because he doesn't want to be a failure seen as a failure. And yep. he was like, no, man, the, the failure is the good shit. That's the stuff we really need to see. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff people want to see. That's what moves everybody forward is, is yeah. that failure.
2: And if I see you create tons of success and you tell me about how many times you failed, then mm-hmm. that can encourage others to keep going.
0: Yeah, motivated at that point. Yep. Yep. Along those lines, I think the other – you know, really key message is asking for help. You know, as as men, I think we have this stigma of asking for help is weakness. You know, there's the, uh, you know, the joke about men not asking directions. But I think the key thing that, you know, he talked about was, I need help. Those words that helped him. And if you don't do that in business, often your business fails. But his other example, if you don't do that, when you have addiction, you can end up dead. Yeah. Uh, and just having that comfort of saying, hey, you know what, like Mark was saying, I don't know everything. I need help in getting that support is just really critical. And I think often men are reluctant to do that, where I think sometimes it's a lot of, uh, easier or for women or the female.
1: Yeah. Once you ask for help and admit that you need it and someone that knows better gives it to you, you're often moving rather than, you know, being stuck in the, I don't know, I can't find it. What do I do? Silly. It's just ridiculous. You know, yeah, when, you mentor with it, somebody
4: else, you, when you mentor somebody else, you can learn from their mistakes and not make the same mistakes they made. You know, why go through that? Why reinvent? Exactly.
2: Through? You minimize your mistakes, the number of failures you'll have by
5: engaging some help or advice from others. Yeah, sure. learn from their failures. For me, I've been pretty heavy on, um, one, because I'm training other individuals here for a short amount of time and learning a lot. So I'm also training myself. But what came up for me, it's, well, I'm training a dog also. I got a lot of uh, – I'm getting a lot from the dog. My point is around this is, like, it's also training our own psyche. When you're training a dog, you teach them to sit. As soon as their ass hits the ground, you say yes, and it's like a big emphatic, like, yes, awesome, good job. And the no corrections, when they're not doing it right, are a lot more subtle. Like, no, 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 that's not it. They do it right. The emphatic is more yes. You know, when I'm feeling around all these failures and training my own psyche, a lot less emphasis. Because right now in my life, you know, if I came up on a failure or a challenge, I'd be like, God damn it, son of a bitch. How come you didn't see that? You know what I mean? I didn't see that coming. I should have seen it coming.
1: I really beat myself up
5: over it yeah yeah exactly whereas you know, this model builds a much more healthy psyche like nope let's correct and then really just celebrating the wins even more it's a better balance for my own life like, okay challenge nope that wasn't quite the right thing adjust into the right thing yes back on the wind. sweet let's get it you know what i mean and yeah. the momentum of the wins for me is a lot more so there was another the lady that started she's uh, started like Spanx. One thing she said when I asked her about success, she's like, oh, well, my dad would sit us down at the dinner table and ask us, what did you fail at today? And not necessarily, oh, what'd you do good today? You want to hear about the A's and all the good grades and all that stuff. He was adamant about, well, what'd you learn from today? What did you fail at? Oh, sweet. Awesome. So you won't do that tomorrow. And just got her used to like facing challenges and being okay with it. It's a very healthy development of our own psyches which is yeah. turned around now. So we all had our get rich quick schemes. Oh, I'm going to go to California, gold rush. I'm going to pan out gold or or something of that nature. And I'm going to start this internet company. I'll be an overnight success, you know, and these stories are highly advertised and they're 0.1% of one per 0.1% of, of actually is an overnight success. The majority of all successes challenge, adjust, win challenge, adjust, win challenge, adjust, win, you know, so that's what I got from it.
1: Yeah, what I'm feeling around it too, Alex, when we were talking about, you know, from the, the psyche point of view and not beating yourself up in, once failure becomes normal and acceptable and, and is part of the growth process, it takes all the stigma off of it. And you're not afraid of it anymore. You're not shamed by it anymore. It's, oh, all right, failed, learned, move forward. It's fine. Everything's cool. Just keep going.
5: Yeah, because it's all imaginary anyways. Meaning there's a stigma around failure. Like, oh, I don't want people to see me as a failure. Well, until you're a success, we're all failures. (laughs) Stigma's gone. Everybody's in the failure. We all start off in the failure plot. (laughs) Now what are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? Go make something happen.
1: If you look at failure as part of the process and no stigma, then you're not a failure. You're just succeeding your way through.
5: Yeah, that's a great point. I I read another book, and I forget the name. Somebody was super successful in the 70s and 80s a Warren Buffett type, if you will. And he wrote a book, how to lose a hundred million dollars because everybody was asking him to write a book about success. And that was his outcome of it. Like, yeah, well, everybody sees that, but in culmination, I've also lost a hundred million dollars.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a huge tuition. That's a hundred million dollar tuition success, right?
5: Now he's sitting on half a billion or something. He's a Five hundred plus million. So, are you willing to pay a hundred million for five hundred? It's not a bad trade-off. But the a- psyche, or the average person, to fail and lose that much—I mean, look at Wall Street when something crashes—they're like jumping out of windows and stuff. You know what I mean?
1: Yep. Yep. Well, I think Jared Elmar said that back in his interview when you know when the when the uh, real estate crashed and a lot of the guys that he knew that made millions in real estate and then they lost it during eight oh nine into '10. They gave up because they figured, oh, this was a sign or I was just lucky the first time or I don't know how to do it. But then it came roaring back. And if you stuck with it, you made even more money because you learned what not right. to do, right? So all values. Yeah. So guys, what are you taking from what MJ had to say? What, what are you going to integrate into your own lives going forward?
3: Eric, for me, it, just to stay on this point that Alex was touching on around putting more emphasis on the yes less on the no and and barry kind of said it earlier that this interview was refreshing and i kind of connected with that because what i felt after listening to it was a really light feeling around failure and Mm -hmm. almost giving myself a license to fail uncovering all of that fear the lack of faith the questioning etc and hey it's real it's normal uh, it's just what I need to succeed and just kind of losing all of this. I think you just said it, Eric, the stigma on failure. It just felt very light, very refreshing, lost a lot of that resistance and, you know, bad feelings around failure and just feel much more on top of it now. Like, let's go.
1: And, you know, even when you talking about failure, even the rejection, because he talked about rejection too, right? When you talk about get to know fast, it was you know, there's no stigma on rejection. If you say no, cool, it's no, I'm moving on to the next, but at yep. least I know, right? So yeah, a lot of that for me too, on, on getting that stigma off the rejection. Tom, what'd you get? What are you uh, taking with you?
0: I think the segue for me is coming back to the, the notion of mentoring. And one of the things that he mentioned at the at the end, a couple things. One is that his passion is to give hope to the hopeless. And also this notion that you're as powerful as your story. I think, again, we've talked so much about the hero's journey and, and how if you're dealt the shitty hand, that can be your greatest asset because you're, because you're able to overcome. And so through all of that, it's a takeaway for me is to kind of share my 30 years in business much more with people and where I succeeded, but more importantly, where I failed, where I pivoted, and you know, just share that learning and kind of pass it forward for other people to benefit from
1: Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I can really feel that to lend those failures and share those failures is again, the the courage that it takes to do that is just tremendous. So that's going to be fantastic, Tom. So,
3: it sounded like a yeah, plug thanks. for Tom to be on, uh, on the podcast here. I don't know. Oh yeah. We've already
1: started one. write uh, uh, a book, book, right? We, yeah. We, <laughs> we started an interview. We have to finish that interview, Tom, at some point we got to do. That. Yeah, we do. You know, because I'm still reeling from this whole MTV thing that you brought up in one of the other episodes. Oh, yeah. I you know, was involved in MTV. What?
2: Oh, <laughs> well, next is going to say he uh, invented the Internet.
5: <laughs> no, that, no, That was Al Gore. That was Al Gore, right. <laughs> yeah. All right.
1: Alex, what are you taking with you?
5: A lot less gravity or judgment for sure. It's been said a few times, but a lot less gravity on what I would call failure. I uh, started integrating it into my life already in the way of... I was driving somewhere and I kind of spaced out for a second. and I missed the exit off the highway and old self immediately started beating myself up. Like, ah, it's going to take me an extra 20 minutes. What the hell was I doing? So silly. And I just calmed down and said, Hey, it's all right. I got to this location and there were other people there. I ended up being one of the first ones there and everybody's like, man, how'd you get here so quick? Come to find out there was a construction, an accident on the one exit and uh, everybody was jammed up in this big traffic jam. And that, what I thought was a mistake I was beating myself up for, was the perfect path. So I'm a pretty intense person. For me, I'm relaxing on what I think it should look like and just constantly staying focused on the next adjustment, winning, adjustment, winning, adjustment, winning, and way more emphatic on, uh, way more excited about the yeses, way more excited about the yeses. That's what I'm taking away from it.
1: Great. Awesome. Mark, what about you? Conceptually,
2: it's easy to say, oh, as an entrepreneur, I'm aware that failure is part of it. What I really took away from this guy was it was, I always want to focus on the win and less focus on the failure. And what I love about his approach was he put all the focus on the failure. Even with the example, I think uh, John brought it up around the sales. Get this many no's. When he was talking about that, I opened up the computer and I just typed in touchdown to interception uh, ratio or something. And it's, it is the guys in the NFL with the most touchdowns, they have the most interceptions. Yep. Because, and I remember a story on Brett Favre, and Brett Favre just says, every time I get the ball, people say I'm a gunslinger, but he said, every time I get the ball, I believe I'm going to get it to him, so I throw it. And he would, he would throw an interception, and he would come right back out and make that same throw again because he believed he could do it, and that's where your greatness really shines. They weren't afraid of the failure. So my takeaway is just more, not not focusing on failure, but just looking and accepting failure as much as a part of the process as winning. I can't win, you can't have good without bad, I can't have success without failure, they go hand in hand, and instead of putting a limiting judgment or belief on failure, just accepting that more as a positive, and that it's going to allow me to pivot, or to do something different, or as Alex said, to adjust, this is how I learn what doesn't work, as much as success shows me what does work. Yeah, and exactly. so for me, it's just more focus on the viewpoint of success and failure work together to create the ultimate ideal of what I want to create.
1: Failure is a function of success or success is a function of failure. They go hand in hand. Absolutely. You can't have one without the other. Right? Yeah. You're and good, of, good without bad. Yeah. Well, I
3: was feeling around that Eric just, I guess it just came up as Mark was talking around this kind of uh, refreshing feeling around it. I just also could feel like as he was talking and describing this, he was totally okay with it. You could just feel him the way he was talking about failure, he was being what he was saying, and it was very powerful. Barry, tell me what you're
1: taking.
4: Yeah, I'm just really feeling um, what everybody just said, how, you know, what things do I have on a list that have been sitting there that I haven't done? Whether it's for my business or something new, because uh, that ain't going to work or I don't know how to do it or whatever, where there's some kind of limitation that's preventing me from taking that action, just step into it. Like uh, Mark Stern said uh, on a previous podcast, throw that shit up against the wall and know that it may not work and that's okay. And then do the next thing just to be bold and to be fearless and to step out into the unknown courageously and and take those risks and something good will come out of it.
1: Oh, yeah. Something good will always come out of it, right? Because even if you don't look at it as turning into a success, anytime you learn or experience something for the positive, it's going to move you forward somewhere, maybe not on that particular project, but it'll move you forward somewhere in your life. You'll be able to take that experience with you and do something with it down the road. So you can't lose. You can't lose when you accept failure that way. And you look at it as, I'm going to learn something and move
5: forward i've been a mechanic most of my life and it just hit me it's like you can have somebody build uh the best engine ever but then there's another guy that tunes that to get the maximum horsepower and efficiency and effectiveness to it and i'm just seeing what's called as a failure it's like man i'm just tuning my life you know like what adjustments do i have to make do i run a little richer a little leaner a little bit different timing something like that it's just as simple mechanically as uh Adjusting a motor and and transmission to get the maximum effect out of it. It's a lot less personal that way.
1: I want to thank all the men who joined me for the roundtable today and I believe the common theme for us is that failure is Definitely part of success, especially when you take the lessons and experience that you got and you use that to move you forward and and also that Making failure light or making it normal removes that stigma from it, takes the shame away from it, and it allows us to use it as fuel to power forward into success. And another one I think also is, is to ask for help when you need it, to seek out the right mentors who can help you overcome challenges and avoid the mistakes that they've made so you can achieve your goals faster. And all of this is key on keeping you focused on the win, because when you're always focused on the win, you hit your goals rather than give up on them. So now I want to hear from you. What are you taking away uh, from that episode? What insights did you get from the roundtable that you didn't necessarily get when you listened to the episode the first time? I want you to let me know. You can find me on social media. The links are on our website. It's WLKHpodcast.com. Just click over there and leave a comment for us. And also, remember to subscribe so that you get every episode sent to you as soon as it airs. And remember to rate us and leave a review and comment. And most importantly, like I say, every episode, make sure to share this with men you know will get value from it. I want to thank you for listening to Eric Rogel Talks with Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes today. I'm Eric Rogel, and I'm honored to be with you, to be your brother on your hero's journey. I'll talk to you next time.
3: Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes... Yes! Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast.